Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. And we're coming to you from the snowy tundra that is Ohio. Well, it hasn't snowed here yet, but it's on its way. Imminent. Imminent. I mean, our kids' school is closed down. Local restaurants are closing down. My college is closed down, but I don't teach on <laughs> tomorrow anyway, so... It's kind of a moot point, but we are we are ready to hunker down for this winter storm that we are having. I think the East Coast already got hit, so some of you have already been digging out, and some of you that are more central than us, you've already gotten the snow. It's just coming our way. Yeah, as long as you don't need to go too many places, it's okay. Like, I work from home, and you're not working tomorrow, so it's all good. I don't care. Yeah, so w- winter is a little bit easier, especially also when you work for schools, because... They like to close down when it's snowy. At the drop of a hat. No, anytime they can. That is not true at all. <laughs> it feels like it. Oh my gosh. Whatever. <sighs> so I hope everybody is safe and warm somewhere. Um, as we experience some winter. Puxatani Phil saw his shadow today. He always sees a stupid shadow. No, he doesn't. But I mean, it means the same thing if he doesn't. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. The results are the same. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. He sees a shadow. Oh, six more weeks of winter. He doesn't see his shadow six weeks till spring. <laughs> I I, yep. I mean, I'm not, you know, a big logician or anything, but seems about the same outcome. So we're hanging in there. It's winter. <laughs> winter 2022. Um, hey, it hasn't been that bad so far. So No, it, it hasn't. You know, we'll take it. Yeah, I'm okay. I, I usually like it when the snow is earlier, like a white Christmas. Um, but that never, that doesn't always work out in Ohio. And sometimes we'll have snow in October for Halloween. And then, um, like, true. it was 50 degrees yesterday. So it's probably a result of hell freezing over that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's just, probably what it I is. I was just going to say, the Bengals can go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it can be 51 day Ohio and a, and a snowstorm the next day. Yeah. Uh, so we had some serious celebration. We're we're not too far from the natty, so um and my family has been Bengals fans since I was a kid. My mom used to go to training camp with her dad and Jason's been a Bengals fan for a long time and it's just they've always been losers as far as we can remember. It's been a rough stretch. Yeah. It's been a rough stretch. I know every time they won, I'm like, uh, they can't they can't win the AFC championship. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I mean I was like, they can't win a playoff game. They certainly can't win another one. Well, they certainly aren't going to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. And here we are. Hey, I'm not rooting against them anymore. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, anything is possible at this point. They got Money Mac as the kicker. We're good to go. I know. What a what a, what a time we live in, everyone. The Bengals are at the <laughs> Super Bowl. What a time. <laughs> So in other non-sports news, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, first, I, I want to talk about, before we get into kind of the Kickstarter stuff, our friend Jamie Stegmaier, our friend, like he like he even knows us, but... Oh, we're, su- we're super tight. We could be friends. I mean, I would like to be his friend. Does he live close to here? I don't know. He lives in St. Louis. Okay, not that close. I was like, you know, maybe he we could have him over for dinner. Never mind. I mean, Jamie, if you're ever in the neighborhood, I would have you over for dinner. But <laughs> If you're ever in New Carlisle, Ohio. <laughs> Come on over. I make a uh, mean pot roast. 
I'll give you the nice TV dinner, Jamie, the nice one. That makes it sound like I can't cook. I know how to cook. I said I would give him that, oh, yeah. not you. Well, we're not putting you in charge, but he's not going to be here anyway. Anyway, thank goodness Jamie doesn't actually listen to the podcast, but just maybe glances at our post or something. <laughs> anyway, today he announced that, which we have been hinted, and we've, there's been hints, and we've talked about this before, um, Stonemeyer is releasing Libertalia. And they've added a uh, subtitle because I guess there are some changes um, to Libertalia Winds of Gale Crest that he, um, Jimmy worked with Paolo More. And I know Jason listened to like the whole rundown. So you want to tell us more about what's going on with Libertalia Winds of Gale Crest? Yeah, so it's not a straight reprint. Um, they actually did some uh, development on it. Jamie worked with Paolo. And they changed a lot of the rules around. The basic gameplay is the same, so you're still going to be picking a card from your hand. Everyone's going to start with the same cards. You're going to play a face down. They're still going to fire off in number order. They're still going to have a day phase and a night phase. But I guess there's six cards now per round instead of nine. And the way that some of the the booty is awarded <laughs> is different. Yeah, that's funny. Is different, but he didn't go into a ton of gameplay details in this video. He just said it was mostly about revealing the name in the box, but he did say that the gameplay is, I don't know if he used significant, but what he was describing felt significant to me. So it's it's different than the original. It's not a straight reprint. And it's going to be up for pre-order on March 2nd. And he said it would deliver probably three to four days or start shipping three to four days after that. So it's pretty close to ready to go. Yeah, I'm super interested in this because I like the original game of Retalia. I'm interested to, I'm interested to see how this changes it because I like that there's nine cards per round because then it's it makes it more interesting who holds what over and maybe you don't play all six in a round. I don't know. Um I liked I really like that mechanic in the first one. Because depending on what card you keep gives you different powers than maybe the other players. And, you know, you're also trying to keep track of who has um, what special power left, what crew member left. Um, but I'm excited that more people can get this game in some form because I really enjoyed it. And it was like criminally out of print for a long time. Um, but, I, yeah, I really like Libertalia. So that's super exciting news. Can't wait to see it. Hope we get to play it. Um because, I, yeah, I really like Libertalia and Palomore also. So look for that March 2nd. So moving on from that piece of news, let's look at Kickstarter. There's some interesting things out there. Kickstarter is heating up as we are getting snowed in. Um, and the first game I want to talk about could get some people up in arms. And that's fine because I'm pulling out my soapbox and we're going to go at it. So the first game I want to talk about is Quartermain. Um, from Cobblestone Games. This is a deck building game based on um, the stories about Alan Quartermain, um, King Solomon's Mines, those kind of things. Um, I mostly know him from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, played by Sean Connery. That's what uh, most people know him from, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. So it's a deck building game. And Jason actually played this. Um, previewed it. We have a, a video up on our YouTube. So I'm going to let him talk about how the game plays. Yeah, so this is, it's a deck builder game. It feels Dominion-esque, meaning there's a, a static set of cards that you can buy. But the way that you buy cards in this is a lot different than Dominion. So you're going to be getting guns and different types of ammo. And you're going to be, a, you're going to have 
a gun rack where all your guns are going to be sitting, and you're going to equip one gun per round. Then, at the beginning of the round, you're going to be going hunting in the Velt, and you're trying to hunt different big game, maybe some enemies that are trying to come kill you. And then you're going to be using the big game to trade for different types of goods from the available cards to buy. There are different types of, um, I forget what they're called, like leaders or something. I haven't played it for a minute, but leaders that you can also equip one of those. They can go with you while you're hunting once per turn. So they're always sitting out. You can just equip one. You can get different kind of adventure cards that are going to give you additional buying, additional ammo, additional um, options to hunt because you can only hunt by one time so you're trying to get additional cards to add all that but when you use the animal cards to buy cards the animal cards are removed from the game so it's like you're physically trading the stuff and it's out of your Mm. deck so you get it it goes into your deck and it immediately leaves your deck to buy the other cards that come in your deck so it's kind of a different mechanism there's different ranges of what you can shoot it's just it's really cool so it's dominion-esque but with the hunting piece makes it feel a little bit different and fresh so yeah i I dig it now a lot of people are real upset about this game a person who i won't name not that they listen to us because i'm sure they think that they're too good for that online who i think feels that they are a very important influencer in the board game community um decided they really did not like this game they had issues with the theme um i don't know i don't know if it was Big game hunting only if it was the fact that the enemies you encounter are are tribesmen because you're in the African veldt in the 1800s. Um, it was it was that that part of it. I didn't know if it was only that. It's that part of it. Okay, yeah, just that. okay. Which you are welcome to dislike a game's theme. There are many that I dislike. Um, in fact, there are many Kickstarters that I dislike that are just um, miniature prints of. Uh, sexualized, over-sexualized, hyper-sexualized women that fund 1,000%. So instead of me deciding to use whatever small kind of influence I have online and beat people over the head with my own opinions and make people feel bad about their choices, I simply choose to not spend my money in those places. So they know through the use of my dollars and or actually the not the non-use of my dollars i don't approve of that now it's fine if you want to share that you're upset and you think maybe we should reconsider it or if you think that's a part of the theme that should be left out completely okay i there you're welcome to do that but i again when in in a in a hobby where we have notoriously been excluders and gatekeepers i feel like this is just a further usage of that in a different way and a lot of people are making comments regarding the designer who they do not know nor have they come to him directly and discuss their issues before airing their grievances um, on their own personal bully pulpit which maybe I'm doing now by being mad about this. Um, but again, uh, the game is good. I don't think it's advocating that we kill Africans um, in any way. Uh, Jason, you were saying you only encountered where you actually fought another person in the game maybe twice over the many times you played it solo. Yeah, and you can even not fight them. You can ignore the cards. They'll hit you, and they'll give you, like, these shame cards, which are basically going to clog up your deck and be worth negative points at the end. 
So if you really are bothered by that, you can just let them attack you. They go out of the game. You take a shame card, move on, done. So there's even a way around it so you don't have to kill the people if you don't want to. It's going to negatively impact you, but there is a workaround. So, and actually, um, because of a lot of this, I think he is going to, he's, he's, I think, ending the campaign at some point and relaunching. Um, yeah, I think once it actually ends just normal, he's going to clean up. I think he's going to change the name of some of the cards. I knew he was going to do that. He said that in an email to to me. And he's going to relaunch and hopefully, you know, get funded the second time around. It's a great game. So for the fact that people might not get to play this game, that's that's unfortunate. And the designer's super nice. We've worked with him on a couple other games. Super nice. It's a very small company. I think it's just him that does everything. And, you know, he's doing the best that he can. And I know from the email that he got about changing some of the names, he never meant to be offensive to to have any kind of thing in the game that would turn people off. So it's unfortunate. But if, again, if you don't like it, don't back it. And you could tell other people not to back it, but you don't need to shame them and talk badly about a, a designer that you've never met and make conjecture about who he is. Um, most of the people that I saw upset about it, I don't know if they actually played the game. Like a No, none of them played the a game. Copy. So again, I don't want to make I don't ever want to make our podcasts political or anything like that because I think that's again, like I'm saying, I think that's a, a bad thing in gaming because it we're not here to polarize people or be divisive. We're here to encourage and and be a part of the hobby. So Quartermain, check it out for what you will. It will probably relaunch if you're interested, if you like deck builders. Um it may be coming back in the future um, for a cobblestone game. So that is all I'm going to say about that. So box put away. The next game that I want to talk about that's on Kickstarter is one that Jason talked about in his most anticipated games of 2022, um, where he had aspirations of being Tony Hawk av- after never having been on actual skateboard. <laughs> that's not true. I've been on that skateboard one time. Oh, Thank you very okay. Much. He fell off right away. Uh <laughs> I just kidding. That's true. That's true. No, it's true. I, and then I put on rollerblades because I decided I needed both feet to be on something as opposed to this weird board. Um, so the game is called Skate Summer, and this is from Panasaurus Games, who we know and love. Um, Dinosaur Island is, is I'm a big fan of from Panasaurus. So uh, Skate Summer definitely has that like. 90s nostalgic skater look to it. It's awesome. So there's these really cool skater boards. And in this game, you are playing cards um, to have to try and pull off these tricks. And you're all about like adjusting your balance. So the board really has like this left to like the like on either extreme of the end of the board is falling down. Um and so you're trying to like balance these tricks in the middle and there's some push your luck to it and you're rolling dice to see how all well your balance is going. And um, you can get flavor tokens that'll level up your skills because you got little skills on there and you're skating through the map. Like it looks really fun. Like it really does. Despite Jason talking about it earlier and making it sound kind of dopey um, <laughs> because of all of his video game experience, this really does look like a cool game. I'm really excited about this game. So if you remember Jason's crazy discussion about it, um, (laughs) if you like skateboarding, if you're a curb squirrel at heart, um, check out Skate Summer from Panasaurus. There are seven days left on the Kickstarter and the base pledge is 50 bucks. 
And there's actually like a lot of cool stuff for 50 bucks too. Yeah, I want this game so bad. Once I heard it had push your luck and stuff like that, I was so in. I, I still need to watch a playthrough. I know Rado has one on his channel, not from him, but someone else on his channel did one. I'm going to watch it because I need to see more about this game. It looks so good. Yeah, but the production is legit looking. It looks awesome. The little skater meeples are awesome. Yeah. And even the boards, this the boards that look like skateboards or like ramps, they look awesome too. It's just well done. The last one I want to talk about today is a game, uh, I think maybe Liz, did you mention, did she mention this to me? Yes, 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 yes. Um, and I had looked at it, uh, I know Mike McCorney mentioned it to me, and that game is called Finding Anastasia. Um, this is from Sean Howard, I forget. Um, I, don't, I don't know what company. GKG? Is that a company? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not up on the Kickstarter companies. Don't ask me. I clearly don't know. Um, But Finding Anastasia is a social deduction game, which I think is really cool. So um, it can play from one to 10 unless you get the expansion. There's an expand. There's two expansions that you can get. You can add on. Um, You could play up to 15. And it says that. uh, So like each person that you play with is like um, 10 minutes per player. That's not that bad. That's a long time with 15 people, though. Well, if you're playing 15 people, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's got its own like problems. Six- Any game you play with 15 people was going <laughs> to be true. like two hours. I, w- I would be playing in another house, probably, if there are that many people. Yeah, we wouldn't have you play with us. Um, so, Funny Anastasia, everyone has a role of some kind. Um, you also have, like, with that role, you have a special kind of ability and um, a special win condition. So this is really based on the idea of the empress is looking for her long lost granddaughter, Anastasia of the Romanovs. Um, If you haven't seen the movie that uh, Don Bluth put out um, back in like late 90s, you need to check that out. All I need to know about Anastasia right there. The cartoon? Yes. This is based on that? No, but the this it's all about the Romanovs and, and oh, Anastasia. She disappeared. Like no one like it's that's truth. I got you, I got you. It's based on history. Um both the cartoon and the game. Anyway, you need, it's so great. Bartok the bat oh, all these great voices. Um so there's all these people claiming to be her long lost granddaughter. The Emperor Empress invites them to this party and she's trying to find out who is Anastasia. Um you're playing cards. You're asking questions. You're, everyone's marking responses on this board. There are interesting ways to ask questions. You can gain gems um, and use those to perform extra actions to get clues. You're trying to meet your win conditions. There's some public clues that are out there. Um, do I actually understand the full gameplay? No, I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but this idea of like, who has the same motivations, locations, the things Anastasia, so I can figure out who they are. How can I use my ability um, to my advantage? Because you're trying, Anastasia needs to be revealed. Um, but you yourself are working towards your own particular goal. And your win condition may not be to figure out who Anastasia is. It may be something else. Um, so I, I, I like that. Also, the production for this off the chain i'm telling you just the the base pledge the artwork so gorgeous you get these red gemstones it's a bunch of cards you got a little game board there's these envelopes with player aids in them um 
to hide the clues. You got a velvet gem bag. There's these amazing player meeples with all these little different shapes, like a pony or like a high heel or a dress or a carriage. They look awesome. All that, that, $35. $35. That's amazing. Now, if you want to go all in, the all-in pledge is only $59, which gives you two expansions, some varying colored gems. You get some palace servants thrown in there, so you can play up to 15. Uh, you get this amazing player game mat. Like, I, I'm really impressed by what this Kickstarter has to offer for their price point. Um, so if you're interested, Anastasia, first of all, if you've seen the movie, give me a shout out, man. What's your favorite line? Like, I love when Bartok's like, I would give her a hi and a hi and then a kicker, sir. Like, it's so great. Hank Azaria. I mean, come on. Um, but also, if you like history, maybe you're into Russian history. I don't know. Uh, or you just like deduction games. Check out Finding Anastasia. It has 10 days left on the Kickstarter. Again, like I mentioned, the base pledge is just $35. Um, but if you want to go all in for deluxe, you're only looking at 59 bucks. So looks pretty good. So check it out. Yeah, that's cool. And that's what I have for Kickstarters. All right. So let's move on to some games that we played. So we're only going to talk about two today because we didn't play a ton of games this week. And I rambled on in news. <laughs> that's true. But that's fine. We got, we got some games anyway. So the first game we're going to talk about is a game that was in, I think it was in my top 100. It's in your 100 for sure. That game is called Obsession. And this is a, a game from Kayenta Games. And it's, we've talked about it. It's effectively a game where you're running an old, uh, like a, I don't know, you're better at this, like a Downton Abbey style house. Like that. You got some servants and some cooks and valets, some um, housemaids, house ladies, I can't. I don't know the thing. You you have you have different people, and you're trying to get guests to come to these events that you're hosting. Each event needs a certain type of people. It may want to have just gentlemen. It may want ladies. It may want anybody. But when these guests come, you have to have the proper servants to service the guests. So you're trying to manage these cards you have in your hand. You're trying to manage the available workers that you have to use these cards. And you're trying to get money. You're trying to buy new tiles to expand your estate because you got to have more options to do some stuff. You're trying to court the the fancy rich heir and heiress and all this stuff. Great game. Tons of cards, tons of tiles. So much fun. Um, and yeah, it was still great. Two players. I think I only want to play this at two because it can get a little long at more than two, but I really like this game at two. So I'll let you talk about it now. Wow, that was like the weirdest explanation I've ever heard of this game. <laughs> it shouldn't be no surprise. I talked about it. I was like, what the heck is he talking about? The it was right. You're you're hosting events and you're getting people to come to your okay, events and so you're having service. Stop, stop. The theme is you were once a wealthy, reputable family, but times have gotten hard. So you don't have money, you don't really have that much of a reputation. But these new wealthy orphans move into the neighborhood to live with their rich aunt. And you're like, man, if I could maybe marry one of them, if I get them to come to my events, things will start looking up. So Does you... it say that in the book? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were just making this up. Yeah, I'm just spitting a yarn, Jason. <laughs> I realize I have a great imagination, but that is when, not where when, this came from. When I see the page with the story, I just turn the page. So I know. I That's no why idea. you don't know. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure it's in there, or I just made up a really fantastic story. So, I think you made it up, but I'm going to look when we're done. Okay. Um, you have your estate. You are adding new things to your estate because you want to build it up. Um, you're hosting events then, so you're inviting guests. You want to invite guests that are going to help bring wealth to your estate and also prestige to you and pr- prove your reputation. Sounds like exactly what I said. Yeah. Um, in order to host these events, you have to have servants to put on the events. And then some of your guests also require um, maybe a lady's maid or a footman or a valet. Um, <laughs> valet was the only one I could really remember. <laughs> a cook? Said, like, how, like you didn't I even said, say the basic I, ones. A butler? I, said, I think I said a housemaid or something. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, I'm funny. Um, we do have the upstairs downstairs expansion. So there's like a head housemaid and a cook, um, some additional things that you can add, some additional tiles. Uh, it's really fun. I I personally will play this with more people than two, but only with people that really appreciate the theme because that's where it doesn't drag on too long. So if that's you, true. If yeah, you, that's true. If you look ahead and know what you're doing, your turn can go sort of fast, but you still have to say, okay, here's all my guests that I'm laying out. Here's all the servants that are needed. Here's the rewards I'm getting from each guest and, and how they're affecting you know, my income and my reputation tracker, those kind of things. But if you're into it, like the game is, encourages you to um, like read out loud the guests that you pull from the decks and like what their background is and speculate like, oh, who's coming to um, play whist? Well, I have Lady Devonshire and she is a good whist player, but she's a terrible gossip. You know, and like you can have fun with it if you're into that theme. Obviously, Jason likes to punch theme in the face and make it awful. So <laughs> That's course- not true. I had that one guy who... I had to roll a die, and he was like, had a shady secret. And I made up the secret and explained oh, to you why you rolled that's that. You're true. like, oh, I just get to roll a die. You did not that's care true. about the theme at all. Don't act like you, you did. But that guy was cool, though. The only one person that you were into theme is the guy who lost both his legs in the war. So he always had to that's have true. two guys with he, him to carry him around. Two, he needs two valets. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Only one. Uh, the guy with the the secret, I was like, oh, he's got like a baby in India or something. He killed somebody while he was abroad. No, I made all that up. You had nothing to do with it. Um, it I, I re I I obviously love this game. There's a lot. There can be kind of a lot of setup to it. Um, to explain it can can be a lot. But once people get into the general flow, on your turn, you host an activity. You supply the servants. You supply the guests. You supply their servants. You take the rewards. Do you expand your state if you have enough money? If not, move on. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and I have some friends that really love this theme and we have a good time. We joke about, oh, so-and-so is going to this party with this person. Like, we just get really into it. Obviously, that's not going to happen with Jason. Um, but I- I'm happy playing it two players, too. And we'll even play the long game because I like what you can get into and to see the rooms that come out to expand your estate and to try and meet different goals um, and get out different guests. Because there's a ton of cards of different kinds of guests. And we've got a bunch of promos and stuff, too. And creative ways to use the servants, like, um, yeah, it's just such, such a good game. Um, I am in love with the designer. Like, we are, we, I feel like we're kindred spirits because I feel like, ah, there's so much theme here and I just totally get it. I'm totally here for it. Uh, yeah. So I'm obsessed with Obsession. Yeah. And it's one of those games that I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, if they do, I would slap them. And challenge it's them to a duel. It's definitely like a labor of love from this designer. Like mm-hmm. this is his baby. 
he poured everything into this to make sure it has good theme. The mechanisms make sense with the theme. Like it's a great game. It's and if anybody listening hasn't played it, you should try to find it and play it because it's really good. I don't know how available it is because it's always in between printings, but it's it's really good. Yeah, I feel like every time he has a print run, like it goes. Yeah, it's sold out immediately, almost every time. You can come play our copy, guys. I'll play it with you. Yeah. We'll have tea and parlor music. It'll be great. We'll dress up our kids like... Uh, <laughs> Butlers. Like, Footmen. <laughs> Make them get us stuff. Uh, that's funny. No, Jason won't be playing because he'll ruin the theme. That's true, but that's every game, so it's not mm-hmm. just this one. All right. You can be Carson. Yeah. Speaking of games with no theme, let's talk about this next one. Um, mm-hmm. it, this game is a game we got for review. It doesn't come out till March, I believe is what uh, I was told. <laughs> And Are we allowed to from, talk about it? Yeah, I already posted the the video. Oh, okay. Uh, so this game's called First Empires. It's from the company Sandcastle Games, which they also do Res Arcana. That's their other big game. Mm-hmm. I think they have another one, but that's their other big one. And it's from designer Eric B. Vogel, which yeah, I know that he name. has done Don't Turn Your Back and uh, Katara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those games. So he sent us this game because we did both those other games. We like you, Eric. We like you. Sorry, I just keep interrupting Jason, but... No, no, we do like Eric. We do. So, effectively what this game is, is it is... I don't know. It's kind of an area control game, sort of. But it's also a rolling dice and moving up on tracks game. And it's also a contract fulfillment game. If you meet certain goals, you can flip some cards and score some points. So, the way the game works is on your turn, you're going to roll some dice. And then... Based on where you are on this track, you're allowed to move around the map to get your people into certain colored territories. Each colored territory represents a different face of the die. And there, I think there's five different colors. One color is going to let you roll more dice on your turn. One color will let you re-roll dice. One color will let you move your people around on the map. One color will let you get more objective cards. And one color will let you get more people out on the map so you have more people to move around. So the, the higher you get up on tracks, the more points you're going to get. You're going to get meet a certain threshold, and you're going to be able to put some cities down on territories you control to get some extra points or maybe, you know, steal other people's cities by moving around. Uh, but ultimately, you're trying to get as high up as you can on the tracks to score the most points and to complete those objective cards. That's the whole crux of the game. The map out on the, the center of the board is basically just so you have people in certain colors so you can activate certain colors of dice. Uh, plays pretty quickly, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. It's only like seven or eight rounds in a four-player game, which is what we played. Mm-hmm. Uh, production's fantastic. I like the colors. I like the player board. I like the player boxes. Everything about it looks nice. Um, gameplay at four players, I didn't love as much. But when I played it by myself, I kind of liked it a, a little bit just because I feel like it was the map at two was a lot less crowded and there was less fighting. Um, but yeah, so what do you think about this one on your play? I liked it. I feel like I did badly, but I'm bad at area control anyway. But also susceptible because I felt like I was doing good <laughs> during the game. I got like a ton of people out um, and I captured a bunch of cities from other people. So I felt good about that. Um, but the thing that was hard for me is you you have a random – You're everyone has the same goal cards, but they're shuffled at random. And you can only take them kind of – one, sometimes two at a time. I had trouble getting extra cards based on, I just couldn't get to the colors for that and I wasn't rolling them. Um, So I felt like I couldn't score, like I didn't have access to that way to score points. Like Yeah, and the, way, and the way you started out on the board, you weren't close to that color either, I don't think. No, so. no. And then my first goal card was to get 
to occupy two places of that color. And I'm like, well, crap. Um, but I think it's neat. And I think the more I play it, the better I would get at it. I would like to try it with less people. I don't find the fighting. It's barely fighting. It's just, hey, I have more people than you. Get out of this area. That's it. Yeah. But I feel like it's really easy to like reconquer a place or to move people about. Like, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think that that it's kind of the burden that I think that fighting and territory can be in other games so i like that about it um the production is sick um the art is so good each player has a little player has a little box with this like beautiful character rendering on top with all your little pieces in it and i love that um i love the color choices even which i think seems like a silly thing but i get tired of primary colors (laughs) in every game um so I really, I liked that about it. It had like the dual layer player boards. So you could set stuff inside there in your tracks. That's, that was like unnecessary, but it, yet it is necessary because I always not crap over. <laughs> um, so I, I, it is definitely something that I want to play again because that I think maybe I could get better at it, but you're rolling dice. So maybe I won't, but I'd like to try to other player accounts. So overall, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, and I do, when I posted the video, we did play it with an incorrect rule. Oh. Um, so I said you just had to have, if you rolled three yellow dice, I said when we were playing, you just had to have one person in that color. But in order to activate a die, you had to have a person, if I had two yellow dice, we had to have people in the two yellow areas. So. Oh, two yellow areas, we not two people in, in, in a yellow area? Correct. In both the yellow areas, it's one area per die. Oh. So I think we had way higher scores than we would have had otherwise because in a four-player game, you're going to be maxed out of ever moving up a track twice in a round. You can mm-hmm. never get more than that. So I did put a note on the video. The designer said something about it. I did, it's like one It's one little line in the rule book. I looked back over it. I just missed it. But you I don't thought think it, it would You thought change. it was theme-related, and you just moved on. <laughs> I just thought it was clarifying something from above, so I just kind of just misinterpreted. But I don't think it changed the game that much other than we had higher scores. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't, like, we didn't play it wrong other than, you know, we weren't completely playing the game wrong. We were just giving ourselves more points than we should have. So I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a big deal. But No, I totally would have won. I would not have. I did terrible. <laughs> so those are a couple of the games that we played. Um, some good games. And yeah, we'll move on. All right. In our quest to keep discussing some of our older games, the games that I think just need more love. Um, <laughs> one of the common themes that you hear about in board games is, oh, everyone's theme is trading in the Mediterranean. But I feel like the real theme is boats. Boats, boats, boats. And so tonight, well, today, whenever you're listening to this, we want to talk about our top, I think, three games uh, that have boats or sailing as a main component. Now, there are some other channels out there, Board Game Rundown, that decide if there's even a picture of a boat on the cover of the box that that is a sailing game or a game about boats. We here at the Board Game Mechanics have much higher standards than that. (laughs) Do we? (laughs) We do. (laughs) So all these games really focus on the the sailing aspect. Boats and the movement of said boats are the main components of the games that we have chosen. So, Jace, why don't you give us your first one? All right. So my first one is a game that we picked up at a Black Friday sale. 
at a local game store. It was like five bucks or something because, you know, that's how we roll. That is how we roll. <laughs> but the reason that I picked it up, because one, it has artwork from Bruno or um, Vincent Dutrait, and the mm-hmm. game is pu- uh, designed by Bruno Catala. Now, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Winning combo. Winning combo. And the game is called Madam Ching. And I don't know how many people know about this game, but what this game is, is you're taking on the role of, I don't think you're Madam Ching, but you're a pirate in the Madam Ching time period. And you are trying to move your boat by playing cards of either the certain, uh, same color, but always in ascending order to go forward, so straight, or in a different color in ascending order to go diagonal. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to move your boat as far along this board to get to the highest number possible because each space is numbered. To fulfill this quest, which basically is get, capture a tile of that number or lower to score points. It may give you some kind of gems. It may give you some special like token. But you're just trying to move your boat as far as you can to get a tile. That's the crux of the game. If you can get uh, to a certain space, you can take over mm-hmm. Hong Kong. And you get a whole bunch of points. Good luck. It's, you got to have like perfect card play. But it, it's possible. But this game's all about moving your boat. You're just trying to either move straight or diagonal to get as far as you can to score as many points as you can. So it had to be on my list. First one that I needed to talk about was Madam Ching. So good. All about boats. Yeah, and this is actually based on a, a real female pirate in um, Asian waters, Madam Ching, which I think is cool. Historical figure. I don't love the game, though. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is a game that we have mentioned before. It's so good. It's in my probably top 20, I would say. Um, and in this game, you are trading in the Mediterranean. Um, and that game is Concordia. So in Concordia, you are moving around the Mediterranean. You are sailing your boats, um, boats, 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 uh, to different areas, around the Mediterranean to uh, establish trading posts there so that you can have access to different types of goods, collect those goods, be able to sell them, sell those resources, um, to buy better cards, to help you score points at the end of the game. It's so good. Like, it's seriously such a good game. And um, the main way that you're going get, to get your points is by moving your boats around and having multiples of them to move in different directions at different times. You have a person moving around in, on the land yes. too, but do you only have you can you can choose to have boats or land? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's either um, or. Yeah. But one way to get big points is to visit all the different um, like regions, and you can't get to some regions, I don't think, without sailing. That's correct. Yeah, sailing is a major component. Even though the box art's hideous, the game is super good. So my first pick is Concordia. Yeah, I agree with this. Thank you. Um, it has too much boats for me. Too too many boats. Oh, so many boats. All right, so my next one is a game from Queen, which uh, we have a lot of Queen games. We like mm-hmm. Queen games. And it's from designer Durkin, Shogun, Alhambra. He's got a good pedigree. Mm. And this game is called Neptune. No E, so Neptun. And um, this game is all about moving boats around as well. So what you're trying to do in this game is you are trying to program this movement of your ship to the to get to these five different locations to make deliveries. So each um, at the beginning of each round, everyone's going to draft five stacks of these cards. There's going to be a location, a good, and you're also going to get, I believe, um, a movement card 
That might, I haven't played it for a long time, but I think that's right. And then when you take that card, you have to put the good and the location in one of the five spots on your board. Then after everybody has their five their five destinations locked in, we're going to start moving around. We're going to play uh, a, a wind card. We're going to adjust the wind movement. It's going to tell how much everybody can move their boat. And then we're trying to get to the first our first location to deliver our good, to score some points, to move around these tracks. If you can't deliver on your first turn, you can take a couple turns to get to that. But it's going to make it harder to get all of your deliveries done. And if you go out of order, anything that you pass on your program gets turned down and you can't complete it. So it's all about moving your boats around efficiently. All about trying to play the best wind card that you can to get the wind in your favor to help you move and just score a pile of points. So second game, Neptune, Boats, Boats. This game, I think, is like deceptively difficult. The pro- it really the programming is. is hard. I think I've played it once and I've watched it watched you play it again with some other people um i'd like to play it again because i think i just kind of figured it out after the first play i'm like okay now i can really play um because it is really involved but it's one of those just like kind of ugly art looking queen games um but it's it's got good gameplay in it for sure i think it's kind of um totally underrated Oh, I agree. My second game is a game Jason has never played, probably will never play. Um, I think this is from Plaid Hat, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Um, And the game is Forgotten Waters. This game is so fun. Oh, my gosh. So in this game, you are on a crew on a ship. Boats, 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 right? Um, sometimes you're the, you could be the captain, you could be the first mate. Uh, there's different jobs that you can do on the boat. You are sailing around, um, going through the story. Um, you can read the narrative or the app is actually fantastic with sound effects and all kinds of things. As you work through this adventure, um, it's like a loose role-playing game. I'm trying to think of what you would call it. A story-driven game. Um, you kind of develop your character in almost a Mad Lib style. And then at each time you you reach a scenario and um, you have to perform a duty on the boat. Like, are you going to help feed the crew? Like, do you need to load the cannons? Do you need to, you know, swab the deck? Whatever. Like, you are choosing to do actions. It's all about working on this boat. I don't know that you're pirates, but sort of basically you are. Um you're these pirate type people. So your life is the sea and sailing. Um, production artwork is great. Storyline is great. Um, I can't wait to play this again. I don't own it, obviously, because uh, Jason would never buy it. But it is so good. And that's Forgotten Waters. Yeah, I I don't know. The more you talk about it, the more I would give it a try, I think. But again, I'm not going to buy it. So, yeah, I don't know. All right. So speaking of Forgotten Waters... Uh, sometimes boats are traveling and they get sucked up in this thing called a Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> they and do. my last game is is called Bermuda Triangle. <gasps> this is the, this is the newest game on our list. It's from 1975. <laughs> Watch out! <laughs> but this game is it's it's a roll and move game. That's all it is. But you're taking on the role of I think two different two different boats of your color, and you're trying to move around from port to port to you're selling goods, but basically you move to a port and you take a card and it's worth some points. You're trying to be the first person to get to like $200,000 or something. But you got to be careful because the Bermuda Triangle moves around after every turn. And if it moves over your space, there's little magnets in it and it can suck your boat up. 
and then your boat is out of the game. And if both your boats get out of the game or all three of your boats get, I can't remember how many, all of your boats are out of the game, you're out of the game. So you're trying to, you know, yes, get to other ports, but you're also trying to stay away from the Bermuda Triangle because it's not nice. This game's great. Um, it shouldn't be as fun as it is, but man, that Bermuda Triangle is fun. It spins around and it just sucks up the, the boats. Our youngest loves playing this game. She loves when our boats get sucked up because she thinks it's <laughs> hilarious, which which it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's an old game, but still for being so old, everybody likes it. So it's hard to find. But if you can find a copy and you like roll and move games and you know old games from the seventies, should definitely try it because it is it's fun. It's not a great game, but it's fun, and that's that's all that matters. So my last game is Bermuda Triangle: Boats, Boats, Boats. Um, I've actually not played this. You guys always play it without me when I, or when I'm gone or I'm playing Sherlock or who knows what. But I definitely need to try this. I can definitely see our child wanting boats to get sucked up into the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, it's fun. Like, it has no business being as fun as it is, but it's a good time. My last game that I'm going to talk about, I went back and forth, so I think I'm going to have to have some honorable mentions. Um, but this last game, there are just boats all over this map. And it's a very... Uh, I have We have... I think everyone we've introduced it to loves this game. And that game is Black Fleet. Um, is this criminally out of print? Uh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry, guys. I found it, again, on like a sale for like $10 or something. Like Black Friday, asthma yeah, day. Yeah, we got it super cheap. I don't know. No one was interested. Since then, apparently people are interested. I don't know. So in Black Fleet, you've got two boats. Boats, boats, boats. Uh, one boat is your kind of merchant ship. You are picking up cubes from different ports and delivering them to other ports. The best thing about this is that the cubes actually fit on the boat. It's adorable. Like the production quality of this game for being a game we bought for like 10 or $15 or whatever. Uh, freaking amazing. The, you've got this little plastic boat, cubes fit right in there. You are sailing around. While you're sailing around, you're avoiding the other type of ship that everyone has, which are pirate ships. Pirate ships also can hold cubes, but only one. So uh, you are, on your turn, you're playing cards to move your merchant ship, move your pirate ship. And then you can also move um, the naval ships. And they are catching pirates. They can help protect your merchant ships. So knowing when and how to move them is a great strategy. Um, you're just trying to get as much coins for selling goods or pirating goods. And then you're using those coins to purchase these different cards that give you special powers. But it's also kind of like a timer mechanism. Um, it's a race to get, I think, five cards maybe or six cards um, bought. I'm not sure how many. Uh, I think it depends how long of a game you're oh, playing. So yeah, right. it's five or six. And the cool thing about those cards, when you flip them over, they make this really nice tableau. It looks like the artwork is cute. Also, you know, if uh, the someone comes along and they send like the naval ships after you and they sink your pirate ship, you just drop your cargo and then you come back the next turn. So you can kind of be mean and like chase down each other, but your boat comes right back. So it, it, it's not uh, like table flip worthy. It's just a good, clean fun. It comes standard with metal coins. Like it's just such a good quality game. And I wish they would reprint it or something because it's so worth it. It's so easy to teach to people. Um, and it's it's just so much fun. Uh, so my last choice is Black Fleet with all the boats. Oh yeah, this is, this is a solid pick for sure. Great game. 
so we have a couple of honorable mentions because there are actually lots of games about sailing and boats. Uh, one that we really like is Tricky Tides, trick-taking game. Um, you're moving your boats around in the pickup and deliver game with really cool artwork. Uh, Century Eastern Wonders, so kind of the middle, right? Yeah, that's the second the one. The second yeah. one in this the Century series where you're moving around these different islands with your boats. And then Amerigo, Jason tells me it is a game about boats. I, I, It doesn't feel like it's about sailing to me. You move your boat around to get to other islands so you can set up trading posts. So without moving your boat, you're never going to get to another island. Uh, I it's it's as moving your boat around as Concordia is. I don't know about that. It is. It is. It's the same function of moving your boat around. Maybe. So Jason says it's Amerigo. <laughs> I have high standards here for my choices. <laughs> my, cho- my standards are low. Um we also have Crack and Attack, which is a, a kid's game, but you're taking, you're playing on a boat that's being attacked by a Kraken, so I guess the boat would be out in the water sailing while it's being attacked. Um, Liguria, which is the precursor to Fresco, um, you're trying to move these boats around to different islands to try to get pigments to make the paint, to paint the Fresco, uh, all about moving boats around and gathering stuff. Sailing to India which is all about moving a boat from, which is represented by a cube from the beginning location to India. You're going to be stopping at other cards to set up buildings, trade goods, all that kind of thing. It's all about sailing. And then Katie brought this one up when we were talking today, Lewis and Clark, uh, you're traveling on a boat down the river, trying to find the Northwest passage, all about sailing. You're trying to be the first person to sail from the starting line to the finish line. So <laughs> I guess when we discuss that, we put it on the, uh, the list here um another a two-player game akrotiri is where you are sailing discovering islands kind of arranging them getting resources there's some pick up and deliver it in as well but it's all about sailing around um these islands in greece venice is one i thought of later today where you are sailing your gondolas around venice picking up items sailing somewhere else and dropping them off um tortuga and there's some numbers after Tortuga. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't ever know the numbers. Um, it's the one in the book. Is that Portal? Uh, Facade, Facade Games. games. Um, from Facade Games, where you are, it's social deduction, so you're a member of some kind of crew on a ship. Um, you're fighting to a captain the ship, or maybe stabby the captain, or you're booting people off or mutinying them and sticking them on Tortuga um, in order to get the treasure. I, this one didn't make my standards for my list, but Rajas of the Ganges, um, not the entire game, but one of the many important components of the game is my favorite Jason's part. favorite part is sailing up um, a river where you, it's again, you can move forward, not as any number, but the dice that you use, but you can't ever move backward and you're collecting special bonuses and trying to use that to kind of compete to get your points and your money on the two tracks and Rajas. And finally, a very beautiful uh, game from, hold on. I know who they are. Days of Wonder. Yeah, good job. Woo-hoo, I did it. Um, is Yamatai. Uh, beautiful Asian themed art, but you're you're using little boat meatballs to get to these different islands, um, set up like shrines and things there, and it's all about this wholesaling mechanic. So those are our special mentions. Yeah, we know there are probably more, but again, I mean, 
that's what we picked. So that's our list. Of course there are more, and that's why we need you. <laughs> what games about boats and sailing did we miss? Tell us on Facebook, uh, send us pictures on Instagram, um, you know, tweet about it, find us on YouTube, comment on it, or say, hey, check out this review of this game that's about boats, boats, boats. Um, if you haven't seen How I Met Your Mother, that's why I keep saying boats three times. That's true. Great episode. It is. Check it out. Um, but I know it's a very, it's a very popular theme. You will find boats and sailing in all kinds of ways. We debated including submarines because a whole nother genre. Um, of course, we don't play a lot of skirmish kind of games. So that's a whole nother genre of boats. Uh, well, I guess so, yeah. I could have Go included ahead. Vasco da Gama too, I guess, because you're Doing some shipping in that with your boat. Well, I'm sure it's a Tripoli, which you didn't put on the yeah, list either. Yeah, I didn't. It's like a moving warships around and fighting and stuff. See, more more games appearing. So uh, we like to discover new games, and we like games about boats and sailing. So let us know. Uh, give us feedback. We really like to hear from you guys. If you want to yell at me about my earlier soapbox, go for it. I can take it. <laughs> yeah, she can. Um, or <laughs> if, if you leave that comment, I can just delete it too. It's fine. Whatever. Jason filters the social media for me. We hold all the power on our channel. <laughs> I wield it. I wield it like, uh, like um, what's Thor's, Thor's hammer? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. That's how I wield the power of our channel. Oh, yeah. You think, you think you're, you can, you, you're worthy to hold that? I'm worthy to hold that hammer. Yes. Not Thor's <laughs> hammer, but, but the power of our channel. Yes. I'm worthy to hold that. Okay. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um we probably should stop for this gets even further derailed yeah oh probably. that's next week we'll talk about trains boats wait we didn't did it wrong planes trains and done. automobiles i know <laughs> way to go we're just two uh well there's not even boats in there <laughs> there is no boats so that this is a special uh the next three weeks will be planes trains and automobiles thank you or the board game mechanics <laughs> Uh, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. <laughs> Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.